0: Hello.
1: Hi Rebecca, it's Beatrice.
0: Hi Beatrice, it's Rebecca. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm alright, thank you. I am actually trying to decide whether I have the energy to switch my wardrobe completely to summer. Uh,
1: yeah, I have I've done it I have done bits. Normally I don't Yes, I I've done mm. bits.
0: Well it must be in the air because I've done bits and I usually do it in one go and I just can't decide if I really want to embark on this because it's like once I embark I can't stop it all has to be done and it's quite a lot.
1: Yeah and then also you have to take the things you don't want anymore somewhere which in my case it's quite a slog I have to go quite far.
0: Oh, do you? Yeah,
1: for the next. thing that, that's not too bad. Mm. It's more the fact that quite a lot of the stuff
0: is packed in places that it's hard to get
1: yeah. to. Yeah. But I've... then it's
0: so nice when I have all. You know, I love I know. my sandals,
1: yeah. and I have.
0: I want to see my array of sandals.
1: Oh yeah. Mm. Well, so I'm afraid I, I can't know. really advise.
0: No, I mm. know. If only Coda was just a bit bigger, maybe <laughs> yeah. to pull things
1: out. Could help. Me. Yeah
0: yeah but i i'm that's my quandary
1: okay okay but how
0: are you doing
1: i'm okay um i i did a really we did an interesting visit yesterday we went to the westminster menswear archive
0: oh my goodness i really want to go there how was it it
1: was it was really really interesting
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) oh sorry Cody's just getting cross about someone knocking on the door
1: Oh, okay. can it though. Okay. Well, maybe he also really, really <laughs> <laughs> wants to go to the Westminster Archive.
0: He does. I think he really does. He's heard there's me- there's me <laughs> Sorry.
1: That's all right. I'll go
0: upstairs and leave him to his shouting.
1: Okay. Um, so it's, it's part of Westminster University. And
0: so is it in Harrow?
1: Yeah, so it's in Harrow. And... It's really nice, nice there. It's, um, oh. yeah, it's quite, it's very green, and yeah, there's, it's, it's a sort of campus university there, so there's a lot yeah. of greenery, and we were shown around by Danielle Sprecher who's the curator there, and mm. I've known her for a long time via the dress and textile specialists, um, so she's been there for a few years now, I think, and she's, she's. Done curatorial work elsewhere, but she also did a PhD on Burton's. You know the men's. Oh, how fascinating! Yeah, so so she's perfect person to be the men's yeah, archive, absolutely. and uh, her office is overlooks looks over to Harrow to the public school, which is on this oh, beautiful hill. Yeah, so it's actually really yeah. really nice, and it's beautifully designed. So the archive was set up uh because they set up an MA and menswear design there oh. so I think in 2016 the course launched and uh the archive was set up by the course I'm not sure he's still the course director but he's still there he's called Andrew Groves and he set up. oh arch- I've
0: heard of him the designer
1: yes yeah there's quite a bit online where he sort of talks about um the menswear archive and it's I'm oh, really, sorry.
0: Can you hear? Coda? He's just going
1: berserk. I can hear bits, but it, not just sort of in the background. It's quite nice. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. But, uh, it's a nice
1: background sort of noise, um, <laughs> even though he obviously is not happy. Well, it's the postman. As well. Oh, okay. I don't know what it is. Yeah. 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 So, uh, what was I saying? So, yeah, it was set, and it's set up for students. So, it that's really good. Yeah. So they. They, what they're not allowed to do is try anything on, but they can, <laughs> yeah, but they can come in and just, you know, take things out and look at stuff. With, oh, that's great. And it's also for people, so industry people, so they can come and have a look and they can also hire things out. To, oh,
0: really? Wow.
1: Yeah. So it's not a museum. It's not, you know, yeah. it's a different, if different type of setup. And what, what is really interesting is, well, on, on their website they say it conser- conserves and presents significant works of technical menswear. So, oh, what they what have, yeah, what, what they have a lot is, um, how would you call it? Yeah, that, it's actually difficult to describe it in another way. It's sort of functional stuff. So, oh. they have a lot of, like, Burkhouse outerwear oh. so people can look at because you know they always have a lot of detailing these outerwear mm. things i was thinking yesterday in some ways they're very similar to trainers they're very you know engineered in a way oh yes yes that's true so they have that kind of stuff and so what we looked at they have suits and uh you know shirts and and stuff like that not so much accessories Partly because that's not what they teach there. But a lot of what they have is is this sort of technical stuff. So we looked at shooting suits, for instance, that have oh, a wow. sort of bag at the back where you can put what you've just shot, apparently. I, I didn't realize. Oh,
0: where were they from?
1: They were, um, I, I suspect they were second half 20th century and they were American primarily. So I suspect right. it's to do with what they hunt and how. They hunt, I guess.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah. And what
0: colour were they? What
1: what were they like? They were... So they... I particularly remember two... two one was a sort of... Um, I would say mustardy-ish... Quite thick, almost like a, a gabardine... But maybe waxed or, or stiffened in some yeah. way. And that had a massive bag. Almost the sort of entire back flap area of the jacket... Was also a bag... With a with a zip where you could put something in, and then there was another one which is actually um, they have quite a bit online now. Which is online, I can send you a link. It was a oh, please. a shooting jacket which was only it was sort of beige cotton and it was to about the waist, so not like a normal suit jacket, not all the way down. No yeah. no lapel, it was just a round collar, yeah. and that had really big pads on the elbows with. I think uh, some interest. Uh, I don't. I remember memory foam, but I think memory foam was actually in another in another suit. But some it was sort of really thick elbow patch, and then quite wow. a bit of suede around the shoulders. And apparently, it's for shooting when you actually shoot and you lie down, so your elbows are on. Oh, I see. I was
0: going to say. Yeah. I know the shoulder stuff is for for resting the gun. but yeah. That's very interesting.
1: Yeah. And then, as I said, there was a whole area to do with these sort of outerwear, sort of ski stuff, or or just yeah. general sort of outdoors wear. They've just recently collected a lot of Umbro. Um, and what I didn't realize, so they do, you know, they do football gear. Right. And apparently it's an English company and it was originally called Humphrey Brothers. That's where the name. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And they. Danielle said they were the first who made sponsored football kit. and she, Yeah, and she said that only came out in the 70s. So ah. oh, she wasn't entirely, you know, she wasn't sort of sure she, that's what she remembered. And mm. I haven't checked it out. But I, I would have thought that was longer ago that that happened.
0: I don't know, but one of my lovely MAs is doing her dissertation on women's football
1: ah, during the First
0: World War and just wow. after. So I'll ask her if she's come across anything.
1: Mm, yeah, that's really in, that's interesting. It's fascinating. And then they had what I what I really loved. I'd really really like that they had a <laughs> sailor's trousers from the thirties. God! Oh yeah. my God!
0: The thirties and sailors' yeah. trousers,
1: and they were everything. They were exactly how you see them in pictures. So they uh, were very thick blue wool, not the sort of yeah. finest wool, but sort of quite thick, yes. plushy, and they were flared. So from from the, the top bell bottom, yes, uh, and they had a flap front, so like an eighteenth oh century um, pair of breeches. And then inside the top, they had a lining which was white and blue striped cotton. Oh
0: my God! Yeah, really? It's, it's just everything I, I could know,
1: dream of. I know. And then there was a name stamped in it twice on either side of the center <gasps> back. And on one side, someone had gone over the stamp with red um, thread. And I thought oh, that was wow. that was so nice apparently I guess yes. it must have been for washing or something and the stamp yes. was getting yes. a bit faded so obviously someone thought wow. I must make sure I get my trousers back so that was that was almost I think That's
0: amazing. My grandfather was in the well actually both my grandfathers were in the navy in the 30s.
1: Oh wow. And I've got some have pictures. Have you got images? Oh. I have like that's particularly fantastic. my mum's
0: father he was in China. Oh wow. in the 30s with the british navy and we've got pictures of him what do you call it like crossing the equator you know, oh they yeah like and they do this and dress yeah. up mm. so we've got pictures of that and then pictures of him yeah in different places
1: oh amazing yeah
0: I'll, I'll look some out for you yeah
1: that so sounds you know. fantastic mm.
0: oh my god sailors outfits are the best yeah. i don't know why the navy just Understood, clothing better yeah. than
1: any other.
0: Yeah. No offense to the other forces. No,
1: no, obviously but not.
0: But I do just think the navy got it right.
1: Yeah, they but have anyway, some sorry, I'm sailors. No, no, they have some sailors tops as well. Ah, oh, beautiful. And then they have stuff like motorbike. You know, quite a lot of motorbike jackets in, in.
0: What an interesting
1: selection. Yeah, actually, in in actual leather, but also in sort of early pleather Um <laughs> and i i that was one of the things, so it was we were looking at what they had, but we were also looking a bit at how because you don't often get an archive that's just fresh that's newly been set up
0: no, and how have they collected what how you know how have they got
1: things Well, that's interesting too, so they got I've forgotten where the funding came from, but they had quite a mm. substantial amount of money to buy things, and they buy a lot of things online from you know second hand so they yeah very rarely have any provenance she at the end so it you know it would be from ebay or or even grailed or places like that and Mm. very often yeah often they don't have a provenance but at the end danielle showed us they took quite a lot of pieces she said something like 40 from a man who grew up in the midlands and then came to london and worked sort of in design and his his taste changed quite a bit when he came here and they have stuff from before and after so that's funny so how
0: does it change
1: well before there is a shirt that he has a sort of diesel shirt sort of Mm. with nondescript short sleeved shirt and then later on he has a sort of very snazzy jill sander well snazzy is not the right word for jill sander but you know very (laughs) I'd like to see her face if you said snap. Yeah, no, uh, I don't want to see that face um, when I say snazzy, Uh So it was more like a curry colour, sort of knitted, very spared down, knitted top. And he had something he w- worked for, Paul Smith, for a while in the shop. And you know, Paul Smith is really into cycling. So he had a, it was nice. like a, a cyclist top, but it was, you know, made for normal wear. So that was interesting. And then my favorite section and you won't be surprised were the flight suits and of they course. yeah and they have quite a lot so they have quite an early full leather one brown leather one wow but the weirdest one it it was just really interesting was a Chinese high pressure suit so it's for high altitude as far as I understand wow um flying and it's, it's this beautiful green, and it's got lots of laces. It's sort of, you know, super functional. Apparently, it has these sort of weird appendages that make me think of the, the Alien films that you apparently... Um, oh, I see. You know, you, you wear it with a helmet, and I think it, it's, you sort of almost pump it up. I haven't quite figured out how... Oh my God, you need it. How, how you... You can get... Actually, there are quite a few online that you can get. Oh, yeah, I knew you'd have checked. <laughs> yeah. I knew you'd have checked.
0: <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to seeing you yeah. next time. Sus- In your helmet and your... Blanket. Yeah, the
1: helmet Thompson. might be a bit tricky to pull off. Wow. But, but I, I suspect... As soon as they have the tiniest nick, I guess you can't right. wear them anymore. That's I was yeah. surprised how many were available. Not, I, It seems from what I've seen, the Chinese ones are particularly interesting. So that, that was amazing.
0: It sounds... And, and what sort of date was
1: that? Uh, I suspect that was quite recent. I don't mm. actually know. But I suspect quite recent. But... There are a few other things I want to mention, but one mm. one thing in particular. What was interesting is they Andrew Groves. There's a video of him talking about the archive, and he says that menswear is all about the detail, and that's why it's important for menswear designers to to look at these pieces. And he ah. and I I always wondered. He said something about mm, women's wear arguably being more about decoration or print or color, mm. and I always wondered why at the Museum of London, why we get many more menswear designers coming to look at stuff. Oh, and that's interesting. And womenswear not so much. That might be just because, you know, more menswear designers know about us for some reason. Uh, maybe because of Tim's work, I don't know. But I just wonder, I always wondered why that was. And my, my only sort of small, which might be part of the explanation, was that menswear sort of more traditional in a way. and Reworking, you know, themes from the past, mm. like the Norfolk jacket, or, 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 you know, there are these sort of classic things like the uh, trench coat, or yeah, the Norfolk jacket, that kind of thing, or the blouson. And but then you could say the same about women, in a way. I, I don't know. I mean,
0: certainly, I think, <clears throat> like, I mean, I know, I don't know what the comparison would be. But the v and I know there's loads of women's wear designers use the V&A. When I've been in New York working, um, you know, me doing research in, in different museums, archives, there's always been women's wear designers coming in as well. Maybe yours is just known for that.
1: Tremendous. Yeah, maybe. Mm.
0: Maybe people, yeah, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because, I mean, I'm not sure I agree that women's wear is all about decoration and print. I can see it, it is more so. Mm. But I think it depends on the designer yeah. very much, because some designers are more interested in detail and some are more interested in colour and decoration. But it's very interesting to think about. I mean, it sounds like I must try and make an appointment yeah. to go. Do you think they'd let me visit? Cause oh, yeah, amazing.
1: no, it is be open. It great to take students. No, well. no, it is open generally to the public and to oh, industry and to, to students from Westminster and elsewhere, so you can book. Oh, brilliant. I'll have to
0: try and do that next academic year. But I think it is really fascinating. Sorry, I'm not being articulate. I think it's really fascinating what it is that matters most within menswear. And also that they are focusing on kind of, what do they call it, technical and like functional things. Because when you were describing like the shooting outfits, for example, it was making me think of, I know everything makes me think of mid-century American sportswear, <laughs> everything does. But no, just like the way that the women's wear designers then were trying to cross over a lot mm. of things. I mean, even like Chanel, are t- trying to cross over aspects of menswear, which are about those kind of details like pockets of the size, shape and sturdiness that you actually need for what it is you putting in them do you know what I mean and I think that's really interesting that menswear has such a highly developed sense of that but I also it makes me feel I want to talk to men more about their clothes to see if it feels like that for the wearer because obviously if you're going shooting Mm. and you're serious about it or you're going yachting or whatever it is you're doing you have to buy the kit that applies to that so that's you're very conscious of what it is you need but in like day-to-day life you know the way like women always say oh why aren't there more pockets in Mm -hmm. women's work you know I wonder if there are things men feel I, I feel ashamed I don't even know this but like where men think actually this would be better
1: yeah well I guess I mean now now that you've said that a lot of the earlier pieces they have and also the more recent is uniforms and a lot of it Mm. and now of course you know you could get women's police uniforms you could get women's firefighter uniforms but I guess historically it would have been primarily men wearing it so I guess a lot of the details was developed developed for men and I guess a lot of everyday wear now for men doesn't actually have all these all these things no so and
0: also I was thinking it was also making me think of you know there was in the late 40, I think like 47 or something there was the exhibition our clothes modern at, at MoMA in oh New yeah York. Mm. and they had these amazing graphics where they had it's so beautiful it's like an outline of a man in a suit and then it shows you where all the buttons are and where all the pockets are and it's like a ridiculously large number of pockets that Mm. a man would have had at that point if you count you know like his waistcoat his trousers jacket coat la la and it's sort of saying how unnecessary it is in menswear and how menswear needs to be stripped back. And that's always, I mean, it's partly stuck with me because they just such brilliant graphics. Mm. But also, it's really funny because we're always told that menswear is just, you know, practical and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's not. It has these conventions that have continued for pockets potentially or whatever, or buttons in places that, you know, I don't know, we don't have those things like we don't have a pocket watch anymore or we don't yeah. have you know men don't wear buttonholes yeah um like flowers in their buttonholes yeah. you know what i mean it's it's like there probably are really interesting traces of past things
1: yes yeah it's interesting we have one suit which is a tweed suit with plus fours it's one of my favorite suits in the collection love yeah fours. i'm probably gonna got it out when you came before and i think that has 17 pockets Wow. The waistcoat alone is five. And it's, wow. Yeah. And
0: you f- you just feel you, that the men would be continually patting their pockets to <laughs> find where everything
1: was. Yeah. It's also interesting that the idea that pockets generally, you know, I would have always thought pockets are something modern. But now that you say what they did in MoMA, that they saw them as something not modern.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that's really interesting.
0: It's funny, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it. it's just, I suppose it's. It's that thing of and I suppose that's what this archive is for, because it's for young students designing, is to kind of continually reevaluate what you actually need. Yeah. Within a design. There's kind of what you need and what you want and the look of the whole thing.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and also interesting that some kinds of like work wear and I don't know what you sportswear, um, are more visually appealing than others because obviously, like for boating, for yachting, again, as with the navy, is <laughs> it is it the watery aspect?
1: Yeah, I don't know that
0: makes it more aesthetic because there's so many good things.
1: Yeah,
0: in yachting mm. clothes. Yeah, jumpers then, are
1: really good as well. Yachting, so good. Yeah. So yeah. many things. Yeah, but then you know other sports, they're not so great for looking at. No. No. But probably
0: people who actually play sports look at it differently to me.
1: Yeah, maybe. I I wonder I didn't that's something I need I I would like to ask her how much we didn't look at much sportswear, so be interesting, you know, like early cricket yes. trousers or we have some really oh, nice early tennis shoes that uh or bathing wow. shoes. So I guess that would sort of fall into this as well. But I guess it yes. also depends on what you can what you can get what you can get hold of yeah
0: and there are some amazing I follow some brilliant people on Instagram who collect and sell you know like vintage workwear yeah I mean I particularly love the French workwear amazing Mm -hmm. and I was just actually oh my god I was looking at this one I have to send you the thing I'm so coveting on this it's this um French menswear Business since 1935. Okay, and they have done this amazing coat, which is based on like you know the the kind of like coats that um, like florists and people wore. Oh yes. Mm. Oh my goodness, oh, wow, God, but it's men's really wear, nice. and I'm sort of thinking, what size would I need for it to be the equivalent to women's yeah. wear? Because I need to get one of these.
1: Oh, that sounds really great. It's
0: so good. It's so good, and it's oh my god! Yes, I must send it to you. But I think that's really interesting, and I think it's really yeah. There's this one called Gautier Borsarello, and he does he's like involved with Kider, this this the one I was just describing. Um, but he has amazing things that he sells, and I think it's really interesting because he's collecting all these beautiful original pieces, but then he works with people not just to remake them, recreate them, but to kind of translate them into now.
1: Well, yeah, there is this whole industry as well. Or I don't know, this whole... There's a, quite a lot of these private archives, and the Menzo Archive is not private, but there are quite a no. few others that work a lot with industry, for want of a better word, which I didn't yes. realise. And there's, there's quite a lot of this... Um, yeah i think quite a lot of places that borrow or or lend lend things to people who design or sell things to people who who design there's sort of two more things i want to mention so one was um there's a lot of they have a lot of stone island ncp company oh funny yeah and i was sort of aware of them in the in the bag of my head and i sort of realized that sort of come back just from seeing them in in some shops and mm. on hoardings but she talked about the person who was behind those companies and he's called massimo osti
0: yes well i so sorry i shouldn't interrupt but no, i just so no. remember this from when i was researching fashion desire and anxiety i was looking at all those kind of like streetwear things and how important they were in like late 90s uh,
1: sorry, late 80s into the 90s. 90s, exactly. Yes. And he died in 2005, but he has this massive archive. And again, he was someone not, apparently not from a fashion background. Danielle said he he had a very early photocopier and he would photocopy clothes and then make oh, wow. patterns that way, sort of photocopy different. Oh my God, I
0: love that yeah, idea. Yeah, me too. I would love the, don't
1: you think the photocopies would be so beautiful? Yeah. And there might, there is this, I'll, I'll send you a link, there is this archive now in Bologna, where he was from, I think it's Bologna and he, that beautiful image of the archive online, and he did a lot of experiments with fabrics and they still have a lot of that, so what he would do, we have a we have a lot of stuff from a company called Black B-L-A-A-K, that were around mm-hmm. sort of just after 2000, they did that as well and they call it overdying. dying Danielle, ah. Danielle called it something else and I've forgotten what she called it but it's when you put an outfit together and then you dye it. Yes. And if you have different fabrics, they all take the dye often differently. And you just, it's an experiment. You don't, can't quite yeah. predict what happens. So he did apparently a lot of that kind of stuff. Wow. And using, you know, fabrics that weren't necessarily used normally for all clothing. So that was, that's something I want to look into more. Yes, And definitely. that archive. That's really interesting. Yeah, looks amazing. And then one last thing, which mm. you mentioned, who I also hadn't thought about It's someone called Carol Christian Pöll. Have you come across oh, him? Oh yes, yes. Yeah, I hadn't come across him at all, and I just, I did. Did you see the presentation he did in the canal? Yes. Yeah, that's. I I I didn't know about that, so that was quite. It looked incredible.
0: Yeah, and it's so interesting to have like experimental ways of showing mentor as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there are lots of other examples, but it's just menswear is so fascinating, and yeah, it there's just so many facets of it that that just aren't understood or written about in detail.
1: Mm. I think, yeah, there there is a lot about suits, yes, and several, yes. and quite a bit about dandies, um, yeah, and which
0: I, which has only ever been a teeny weeny proportion of the world actually
1: wears, yeah. And there seem to be a lot of specialist magazines, quite a few Japanese, yes, I think, about true. denim. Uh, There's a
0: really good book. I can't think who wrote it, Amatora, which is about... Um, oh, i Jap- Yeah, yeah that's that. really good on Japanese
1: use of mm.
0: American workwear, which she's brilliant.
1: Mm. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yes, definitely, must, yeah, I, good good place to go to.
0: Definitely, it sounds brilliant. And I'm going to think more about details.
1: Yes. Okay. And
0: which details we would like.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's our task.
0: Okay. Very good. Good task. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Then. Yeah.
1: Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.